All right, all right, what's going on, people? It's your boy Mario of Woke Up a Rebel, and welcome back to another episode of Revelations Podcast. So today it's episode number 16. I know, right? It episode 16. Like you're probably wondering, like, okay, how did I just find out about your podcast? Well, the way that it works is that there are DJ mixes that are also included in our podcast. And when I say ours, I mean Aisha, aka Jungle Royalty, who I DJ with, I produce music with, and I also host this podcast with. But unfortunately, she couldn't be here for this one. Like I mentioned in the last one, she's gonna be able to pop in and out um, to help me co-host the podcast. But for now, you're gonna have to bear with me and listen to me. You know, if you're cool with that, if you're cool with that, then please make sure that you follow us on Instagram at Woke Up A Rebel. Follow us on Twitter at Woke Up A Rebel. And if you go on YouTube, please search for us at Woke Up A Rebel TV. Right. So today's episode of Revelations Podcast is going to be about a topic that is titled "Can Negative Music Bring a Positive Change?" Now, before I get into it, I want to explain to you how the topics come about. Moving forward, the podcast is going to be connected with the Woke Up A Rebel newsletter. And basically what that means is that the topic that I write about is going to be what I sort of talk about during the podcast or for the podcast. But I'm going to elaborate a little bit more. I'm going to, you know, maybe share a few more thoughts. Maybe, um, I don't know, sometimes I might go on a rant, more than a rant that you already read in the newsletter. But um, that's how I can make sure that I can have a topic every week, to be honest, to talk to you all about. Because I really want to have a conversation with everybody. I want to hear how everybody thinks. I want to read what everybody thinks. If you're listening on YouTube, please make sure you like and subscribe. Drop a comment. Let me know what you thought about this podcast. If there's something um, that caught your attention that you wanted to speak about specifically, then make sure you know you leave a timestamp in the comment so that way we can all jump in and put in our two cents. Respectfully, everybody, please. I know there's a lot of trolls. That's the internet for you. I can never avoid it. But I would really like to think that there's people who actually come in here to not stir things up, but maybe add value to everybody's life, whoever's reading, right? Add value to your own life, right? By reading some good comments, right? So, I mean, but there's, you, you can't control this stuff. The internet will be what it is. So if you would like to read the newsletter, please head over to wokeuparebel.com and just look for the heading in the menu that says Woke Up A Rebel Newsletter. Click on that, read the newsletter. If you like it, please subscribe to the newsletter. We promise we never share your information with anybody else but, you know, us, I guess you can say. And when I say us, I mean Aisha and I. Like, we're never going to share with anybody, okay? We know what that's like. It's annoying when we keep getting so many emails from people, you know, that, like, I never subscribed to this. But really hope that you subscribe and just trust us. Read the read the articles. You'll also find album reviews, song reviews, EP reviews. Uh, we like listening to a lot of music. And that's why we have the Woke Up A Rebel playlist on Spotify. You can find all of this on our website. You can find the Revelations podcast. You can find Spotify, uh, Woke Up A Rebel playlist. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. You can find all of that on our website. And you could also find our merch store at wokeuparebel.com. Right, so enough of all of that. Let's get right into the topic. So once again, here we are. Can negative music bring a positive change? What do you think? Right? So I'm going to read some of what I wrote in the newsletter, and then I'm going to you know, say a lot of it in my own words, if that's okay with you. So you know, call it recycled content, whatever. It's, it's my shit, right? So anyway, so how did, did the discussion concerning music and its impact on our thoughts arrive at the point where it is now? Its impact on young people's minds. 
depending on where you are on the earth, we witness a lot more of what is in today's popular music being portrayed or copied in our communities to a small or major degree. We can find a solution, but doing so will necessitate a significant change in current entertainment culture. What do you think? Do you think that we really need to see what's going on in entertainment and reevaluate and look around and see if it's influencing what's happening on the streets? I know that this is a decades-old conversation, right, about is the music influencing the streets, but... A lot of people have divided opinions on this because everybody has a different experience, right? So I'm going to jump right into it. I'm going to let y'all dwell on that, think about it, drop a comment if uh, you wanted to say something, I guess, about the intro to the newsletter. And by the way, you can follow along with what I'm saying. If you head over to wokeuparebel.com, go on the menu, you'll see that it says Woke Up A Rebel Newsletter. Click on that and you can follow along. I just read it to you the intro and yeah. You know, you can comment on that. So I get right into naming a few artists, right? And you know what? I'm not going to try and sit here and tell you that I don't listen to a lot of these artists up to this day. I do. They make good music. But I'm able to discern at this point in my life that this is all an act. This is make-believe. Yes, maybe once upon a time they lived this life. But what I noticed about back then, including now, is that they're not trying to, they're not really telling you that they're leaving that lifestyle. They're just telling you, yo, this is what's up, repping this, repping that. Up until this day, Snoop Dogg still reps Crips. Now, to what degree is he still involved? Who knows? I don't really care. That's not what I'm here to talk about. But you get what I mean? Like he's still repping it, knowing that innocent people, you know, da da da, you can fill in the blank when we get into the conversation about how gangster rap is influencing the streets. Right, So to start it off, I was talking about Ice-T. He released his uh, debut studio album called Rhyme Play. Rhyme Pays, my bad. Rhyme Pays. And it became the first rap album CD to ever have a red explicit lyrics parental advisory warning sticker. Right, And yeah, I mean, some people might find that to be something to be proud of, but I don't really care. Like, I, I don't really care. I don't have nothing to say. Me personally, it's like, oh man, my mom's going to know me as, she's going to read about me in the news that I was the first person who said enough curse words that it needed a sticker. I mean, some people might be proud of that. So kudos to you, right? So Ice-T released that album in 1987. Big up to 1987, big year. But two live crew released Band in the USA in 1990. And that was the first album to carry the parental advisory label that's in black and white, right? But Ice-T's album, Ryan Pays, was the first rap album to carry a parental advisory label, period, in rap music. I think one of the previous episodes, like one of the first ones, I talk about like where the parental advisory stuff and the censorship came from, right? And it had a lot to do with Nancy Reagan, a.k.a. Ronald Reagan's wife, a.k.a. former president of the United States. But... That's another conversation. I'll try to find that episode and I'll link it um, in the description on the YouTube episode for this, right? So you can listen to that, right? So back on topic, back on topic. Here we go. So um, the album, you know, made it on Billboard top top 200. You know, it uh, made Ice-T fairly famous. I mean, he's still in entertainment right now. He's been on Law & Order forever, as far as I'm concerned. Right, so think about this, and I wrote this. So imagine that we live in a world where an explicit content sticker is celebrated. People fought for their right to have freedom of speech, 
just to use their voice to glorify gangsterism. Should we be glorifying this, knowing that it does have its negative, you know, like you could get caught up in a RICO case. You can get caught up in being in the wrong neighborhood, wearing the wrong colors, you know what I mean? Because you may think you're down, but when it comes down to being down, it can cost you your life, right? But anyways, uh, that's what I had to say about Ice-T, you know, just wanted to kind of show you where it kind of comes from, you know, the parental advisory stickers on rap albums, right? And I shared in the newsletter a few pictures. I shared a few pictures of Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, Dub C, Mac 10, Mr. Sancho, Mr. Capone. And Mr. Sancho and Mr. Capone, they're um, Chicano rappers, right? West Coast Mexican, uh, Mexican American rap, I guess you can say. There's an actual subgenre of hip hop called Chicano rap. So, to all my Latinos, you know what's up, right? So, I said something also about uh, the West Coast rappers. And when I say that, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, Easy E, Exhibit, Dub C, Mac 10, Tupac, Outlaws, Chicano rappers. Um, including Conejo, like I said, Mr. Capone, Mr. Sancho, and many more are important factors in amplifying and glorifying gang culture. NWA initially arose as a voice to try and address police violence in their neighborhood. However, when the record companies realized they could cash in on the movement, they waved some cash in their faces and made music about killing individuals that resembled them instead. Am I wrong? Am I wrong about that? I mean, we've all watched the movies. And this is all allegedly, by the way, I don't know if this is a moment that's uh, relevant for me to say that, but I'm just going to throw that in there. Um, but realistically, if we watch the NWA movie or straight out of Compton movie, right? Jimmy Iovine as well is complicit of funding this negative music, right? Jimmy Iovine didn't care. He didn't live that lifestyle, but he was sure funding it because it was making him a lot of money at Interscope, right? So after doing some study on these men, I can't help but think that Jerry Heller and Jimmy Iovine may have played a significant role in the state of urban music and the style of hip-hop that is currently being promoted. NWA set the standard for the glorification of the murder music that currently dominates hip-hop culture. Nowadays, it consists of drill and trap music, right? It's sort of like evolved now from the sounds that we used to hear. Now, it's just drill and trap music because a lot of it is about coming for your ops, right? Can't deny that. Obviously, not all of it is like that, but the stuff that's popular is, right? So I know I've been like really like, you know, coming after hip hop pretty hard, but it's okay. We're about to get into a different topic, reggaeton and Latin trap, right? So because I am an avid fan of reggaeton, this subject is particularly important for me. I won't lie, when I was a teenager, right, and I spent, I spent a lot of time doing stupid shit on the streets, my so-called buddies and I would listen to particular reggaeton songs to hype us up to go out and do stupid things on the streets. And I mentioned a few songs, a few songs from Don Omar, Hector El Father, Wisin Yandel, um, Baby Rastan Gringo, Lito y Polaco, um, De La Ghetto, Yaga y Maki. And these are, you know, if you, don't, if you have no idea what I'm saying to you right now and it sounds like I'm speaking in a different language, I'm just saying the names of some of the reggaeton artists from back in the day that were, you know, making gangster tracks about doing shootings and stuff. Right, so these are all songs that promote getting at your ops. It's just it was a different time in history, but it was the same element of violence that was being promoted, right? And reggaeton as it is today and where it blew up from, like where it really uh, became commercial, it was from Puerto Rico, right? And those were the artists that were making all of these crazy tracks. And, you know, they didn't expect anything negative to happen from it, but... Who were they kidding? Like the songs were about things that they had lived through. Baby Rasta of Baby Rasta y Gringo, he, they have a song called Punto Cuarenta, right? Which is about, you know, a gun, right? And it's pretty crazy. Like Baby Rasta has gotten shot a couple of times in the last 10, 15 years. 
I would say 10 years, in the last 10 years, he's gotten shot a couple of times. And, you know, these artists are still making music like this, right? So here's something that I was thinking, you know, and I don't know if it made sense with the way that I wrote it, so I could explain it now. But it says, whatever anyone says, the songs about adultery, seizing women violently as a sort of dancing, and other utterly disgusting lyrics were written by people who are still living today. Have you ever questioned the happiness of these legendary musicians decades after they produced the, the music? Right? So basically what I'm saying is, You've heard these people since we've been growing up, but are they truly happy today? Are they truly happy from their art? Are they truly happy from what they were saying in their music? Right. So I go in and I talk about this one artist called, uh, well, this duo, uh, this reggaeton duo called Las Guanabanas. Right. And I looked it up today because I forgot what Guanabanas translates to in English and it's soursop. Right. So these guys, their names were Las Guanabanas Podridas, which means the rotten soursop. I know, right? It sounds funny in English, but straight up in Spanish, it sounds pretty cool. Like for a reggaeton name, Guanabanas. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, so I talk about Georgie, one of the, one of the ex-members of the duo. And now he's a Christian man. I can't remember if he's a pastor or not, but I linked the interview in the newsletter in case you wanted to listen and watch that if you speak Spanish. If you don't, my bad. Yeah, he talks about his life. You know, he sits down and talks to Hector Delgado, a.k.a. Hector El Father, the former Hector El Father, who used to be, um, you know, like the, the Jay-Z of reggaeton, you can say, right, of back in the day. And now he's a pastor. And now he has his own show where he interviews former um, drug dealers, reggaeton artists like major drug dealers like kingpins in puerto rico like they walked away from the life they did their time in jail and they're free to talk about what they've done right without uh obvious obvious like legal you know damnifications so georgie of guanabanas he was a guest on one of the last episodes i think it was last week and it was pretty intense because you know what guanabanas have some of the nastiest lyrics in reggaeton and for those of you who know you know right? Like they have some crazy tracks and I'm guilty. I like some of their songs up to this day, right? Some of the hardest reggaeton tracks are by them, right? They're pioneers for real. But anyways, like I'm not here to glorify what the music does and how it makes me feel. I'm, I'm talking about the people behind the music, right? What kind of lives are, are they living now? And Georgie of Guanabanas, he says that, you know, he goes into great depth about his family and how, you know, his family was truly being destroyed, you know, by his lifestyle, by the character that he was portraying, you know, the reggaeton superstar. He's a father of two kids, I think two girls, right? And he understood that the persona that he was presenting to his admirers, his fans, was also ruining his personal life, his marriage, right? He talks about his drug abuse. He talks about a lot of things. You really need to go and listen to it. And if you want to hear more about it, um, you know, leave something in the comments, you know, and I'll translate and, you know, tell you about him a little bit more. But there's this like mass exodus that's happening right now of reggaeton artists that are giving their lives to God. It's, it's different. It's weird. But we can talk about that in another episode. I'm going to keep going with this one. The reason why I talk so much about the Puerto Rican artists is number one, because that's what I grew up listening to. I grew up listening to Spanish hip hop and reggaeton, right? Like 90% of the music that I was consuming growing up like in my teens up until my mid-20s or early 20s, right? And the reason why I brought up Puerto Rico is because they have a lot of music about killing. And look at this. According to Noticel.com, in the first two months of 2022, there were over 107 homicides in Puerto Rico, which is an island with a population of 3.264 million people, right? So to give you some perspective, Toronto has just under 3 million people in it. And in 2022, it had seven, 70 homicides in total. That's crazy, right? So the reason why I gave statistics about Puerto Rico is that it is the capital of reggaeton and Latin trap. 
You know, something needs to change in regards to the lack of action from the island's public figures promoting the violence that's happening in their nation. Right, it's happening in Dominican Republic and across all of Latin America. And there's a lot of artists, you know, that, that are guilty of this, of promoting this music. That's the reggaeton and Latin trap world. We move over to the dancehall world. I mentioned, you know, one of the new songs that just dropped this weekend. It's by Skilly Bang featuring Nardo Wick. It's called 16 Chapa. And Skilly Bang is like one of the hottest Jamaican artists that are out right now. I mentioned in the newsletter that I said that uh, I'm tired of listening to music that is meant to be a dance song, like for the clubs, but instead it's about people getting murdered. You know, maybe it's because of my age or my level of maturity now, but I don't want to hear about music and killing while I'm trying to party. I don't know. Is it strange? We all know Vibes Cartel. If you're into dance hall, if you're into, you know, like hardcore dance hall, you know who Vibes Cartel is or heard, know a few of his songs or just heard his name. Just to show you the condition of our world right now, this man is in jail serving a life term for murder. Now, I don't really know his story. I don't know why, why he killed who he killed. This guy is serving a life sentence and he still has supporters that no matter what will support him. It's wild, right? So according to a survey that was done in Jamaica, 41% of respondents think that dancehall music think that dancehall music has a significant impact on criminal behavior on the island. The reality is is that crime existed before dancehall, right? It it existed everywhere, even outside of Jamaica, outside of Puerto Rico. It existed in the United States, in Canada, here in Toronto. The reality is is that crime existed before dancehall music. It's also fair to mention, right, that there's um this is an excerpt from an article that I got. It's uh, the sources are listed at the bottom of the article, right? But there's a reverend called Peter Garth, pastor of Hope Gospel Assembly in Jamaica, said music can be a turbocharged motivator, emboldening listeners to transform metaphor into reality. Once again, for perspective, Jamaica had 1,498 murders in 2022 on an island of 2.98 million people. Can you imagine if there was almost 1,500 people dead in Toronto? 1,500 people in Toronto, if you really look at it, that's enough for all of Toronto to be connected to one of the people that died or somebody that was close to them, in my opinion. I know it sounds exaggerated, like 1,500 people compared to almost 3 million? Trust me, everybody in Toronto, some way, somehow, knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody, right? And to be honest, I completely concur with the Reverend, right? Because in my era, when I was coming up, I grew up in the 50 Cent era. Not to get into details about the gangs or glorified gangs, you know, when I was growing up, but there was one gang in particular. They hung on to every single word, right? Through their behavior, they demonstrated the conviction that the only way to live in this world was to have a cold heart. You know, many men, like, people lived by that song. People live like they did not give a f But guess what? That's not how we're supposed to live, thinking that we have to live like we have to have a cold heart. Media personalities like Charlemagne the God and a great number of other people have said that they don't think that music has any influence on what happens on the streets, that the artists are simply rapping about what they have lived. A lot of their lyrics are in the present tense. That's why the YSL members are being tried right now, because a lot of the stuff that they were rapping about, Young Thug is who I'm referring to specifically, they were rapping about things that they were currently doing, crimes that they were currently committing or being a part of, an accessory of, right? And I mentioned in the newsletter, if you learn anything from this post, 
It is to quit admiring and relying on celebs for guidance and people to admire, and the media as a reliable source of what's happening on the streets. Get involved in your communities. Do your part to volunteer your time to help people who are seeking some community connection as well. Right? The youth need us. Otherwise, they're gonna look to these artists. I briefly talk about NBA Youngboy. Right? I don't listen to NBA Youngboy's music. I think he has a very negative vibe to him and his music. But the kids love him. You know what I mean? I guess I'm not at that age anymore where I could appreciate somebody like NBA Youngboy. Maybe I did once. Maybe I would have if I was you know a part of that generation but I don't know I come from Redman Method Man and Redman was no different maybe people older would have been like what is wrong with this guy Redman right but I get him so the kids get NBA Youngboy they connect with him so who am I to say anything I have listened to one or f- one or two songs you know that I actually really like I just couldn't find the name of those songs so my bad um but yeah, long story short, man got arrested, had to go on house arrest, decided to go to Utah because he said he would stay out of trouble. Now it seems like he's converting to the Mormon faith, and it looks like he's about to get baptized in the Mormon faith. So, I mean, anything to get him off the streets, anything to get him to make different music, different content, by all means, we'll take it. And the reason why I say that is because it came out of his mouth, not mine. I'm not assuming that he's going to make new music. He says now that he regrets the negative music that he would make, music about killing ops, music about just doing self-destructive things, right? I mentioned briefly about, you know, like a little question, like how did songs about erasing one another from this planet switch places where public enemies fight the power? How can we create strong families when the vast majority of the music that is currently in style encourages extreme sexual liberation and other immoral behaviors? And when I say extreme sexual liberation, I mean like extreme, like like giving it to everybody. Like we're not designed to do that. I've seen that when writing songs about adultery or binge drinking, you know, stuff like that, self-destructive things, genres like country music and bachata, the Motown era and others tend to do it in a sophisticated and tasteful manner. You know, when they're talking about drinking and stuff or, you know, the silhouette of a woman, you know, they say it in a tasteful way. You know, nowadays, majority of Latin urban music and other Caribbean type of songs take on a more aggressive and occasionally violent approach to adultery, how to act when attempting to get the attention of a love or lust interest or how to resolve conflicts through violence. We have the power to change this narrative, people. Honestly, we really do. We just have to stop clicking, you know, and streaming songs that are promoting the wrong things. So I mentioned, are we as a nation in denial to believe that the youth aren't attempting to imitate what they watch on television or hear in today's music? Think about that, right? Just think about that. In Dominican Republic, they're trying to ban, you know, obscene music. They're trying to basically, what's hot right now in Dominican Republic is dembo music. So basically, I think they're trying to ban dembo music to each their own. You know, it's the sound of the people. It's the music of the people, right? But I I do agree that somebody like Tokisha, she's not my cup of tea because she's so extreme with the things that she says. But hey, guys have said pretty nasty things in songs too about what they want to do to women. So I'm not coming from the approach that I don't think a lady should be speaking that way. I honestly think that it's just nobody should be saying shit like that. And I mean, to to ban it, from the radio to ban people from listening to it. I mean, you can listen to it on your own time. You don't need to listen to everything on the radio. That's why we have streaming services now. That's why we pay for these things. I don't know what access people have to streaming services outside in the world. You know, obviously it's a first world thing, I guess you can say, to be able to have a streaming service, right? But apparently in Jamaica, they've already gone ahead and removed obscene, quote unquote, music or what the government deems obscene music from the airwaves from the mainstream airwaves. 
I haven't really looked into it, like followed up, but I will. Maybe I'll let you know in the next episode what I discovered about the current situation on this ban in Jamaica, right? So a question that I asked, right, is, will this significantly impact Jamaica's murder rate? We can only hope that it does, right? But since we are grounded in reality, we require workable solutions. Communities that are severely impacted by crime need opportunities, not more rules, not banning music. What is that going to do, right? People, a lot of people go to work listening to gangsta music, listening to music about killing, but they're on their way to work. You know, majority of the people aren't doing the crimes that are being said in the music, right? So I mentioned as well that Latin musicians, and I also mentioned that, I, I brought up a point, right, that I noticed from myself, my own opinion, is that we must constantly pause to consider why negative music is so prevalent, but lyricists with positive messages, such as Rhapsody, don't receive the same level of recognition. Numerous reggaeton musicians are recommitting their lives to Christ and stepping away from the spotlight. Why? Like, seriously, a lot of artists, regardless of, you know, the genre or language, a lot of them turn to God, right, after a while in the spotlight. Latin musicians, in my opinion, have been excessively used to increase sales, and they are sick of being used as puppets and tools by the business, by the music business. They have encountered a degree of depravity and evil in the music industry that we average people have never seen and will never encounter. Just be selective about the music you listen to. There's a time and place for everything, but do I think that music by the above artists that I mentioned should be played around kids? Absolutely not. Why? Because I believe that music is a vibration. I don't want my babies, I don't want my kids that I don't have kids yet, but I'm saying I wouldn't want my kids to be around music with that type of vibration. I want my kids to be around good vibrations at that time. They don't need to be exposed to that stuff at that time. You know, let that happen later on. Let them be kids for now. You know, don't expose them to those things, please. You know, there's music for adults for a reason. Don't have your kids there. Kids are like a sponge, right? So I don't know. Thank you so much for being here with me. I know I took up a little bit more time than usual, but if you're still listening, thank you so much. I hope it provokes some thoughts. I hope it encourages you to leave a comment if you're listening on YouTube at Woke Up A Rebel TV. And, you know, just drop a comment at the bottom of Revelations podcast episode number 16. Can negative music bring a positive change? Right, so please subscribe to the newsletter, right? If you head over to wokeuparebel.com, you will see Woke Up A Rebel newsletter in the menu. And if you just hover over it, you'll see the drop-down menu that says subscribe. Once again, we will never share your email address with anybody else or third parties or anything. We will never sell your information to anybody. We just want to add you to our family. We want you to be part of the Woke Up A Rebel family, right? So thank you. Please follow the podcast on Spotify if that's where you're listening to this. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, is there a follow button? But if there is, please follow it as well. If you're listening to us on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button. Share it this content with people if you feel that you know there's somebody you'd like to have listened to it and i mentioned a whole bunch of other artists in this um, pod in this newsletter so please make sure you head over and read it you can read a little bit more in depth about these people that i mentioned they're all good people i really do believe they're all good people at their core they're all just living out their dream but along the way they just get caught up simple as that right so i really hope that you know positive music becomes cool again hits the number one number you know one through ten positions on the charts positive music positive hip-hop it is what it is have a great day 
Thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you for being here with me for another episode of Revelations Podcast. This was episode number 16, Can Negative Music Bring a Positive Change? I was your host, Mario of Woke Up a Rebel. And stay tuned for next week for a new episode. Peace.